New Extra Charge Hot and Iced Coffee from Dunkin' is made with 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract because we could all use a little extra this year. Whether that's an extra boost, some extra boldness, or the drive to go the extra mile, we're extra ready for whatever comes our way and extra excited to take it on. Let's get it done with a medium extra charged coffee from Dunkin' for $2 with 20% more caffeine. And pair it with Snackable Stuff Bagel Minis for an added all-day boost. Order ahead on the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. When you talk to a Dell Technologies advisor, you get someone who understands there's an art to listening and can provide small business solutions that make you feel truly heard. For solutions powered by Intel vPro platform, call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Gifts for Glory podcast, or welcome to the first one that you've ever listened to. Either way, welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast. I'm your host, Dave Ebert, and Gifts for Glory Ministries, we're all about celebrating and promoting Christians using their gifts to honor and glorify God. And each episode, we highlight a, uh, an artist, a singer, uh, somebody using their gifts to honor and glorify God. And this week, we have a very special guest, uh, Dr. Felicity Joy. Uh, host of the Felicity Joy Show, uh, the um, uh, the operator of Felicity Joy Speaks on Facebook. Uh, she also moderates a very important group, uh, the Americans uh, Reconciliation Group. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, on the podcast. So uh, it'll be uh, a really great podcast. Uh, we talk a lot about current events and a lot about um, the climate of America today which I think is very important and especially important for men and women of God to have these open conversations. Uh, So it is a very interesting conversation and it's all through a God focus. It's all through a biblical focus. Uh, We are very uh, passionate about uh, reconciliation between the races. We're also very passionate about just unity within the body. And we're also very passionate about overcoming labels because the labels don't define us what we look like don't does not define us and uh so it's really great to have uh this hour to spend talking to felicity uh but before we get started just want to uh remind you to um uh, like and follow us on uh, facebook and on uh, twitter we're also on instagram now getting that going on instagram and on twitter you can find us at gifts the number four glory that's at gifts for glory at gifts the number four glory. You can find us on Facebook at gifts, F O R glory gifts for glory gifts, F O R glory. Just to be clear, unfortunately was not able to use uniformity in all of our social media, but that's okay. You can find us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or online at gifts, the number four glory.com. And we're really excited about uh, pure fest coming up PureFest is an outreach of Gifts for Glory Ministry, partnering with Crosspoint Church in Lockport. Uh, we're really excited about what's coming up this September 27th and 28th. Uh, we are looking for Christians who do improv and or sketch. If you're an individual that does not have a faith-based team, we have a great idea for you, a great opportunity for you to perform with other Christians from around the country with our wildcard teams, where we're going to just make impromptu improv teams based on individuals who apply. We also have plenty of spots to bring in your improv or sketch team. Last year in 2018, we had teams coming from Grand Rapids, Michigan, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, of course here in Chicago, 
and some team formed just for Pure Fest all the way from Denver, Colorado, and they absolutely smashed it. So um, we hope you'll be a part of Pure Fest. And if you're not a performer, you're welcome to come watch on uh, September 28th is when the festival actually takes place. And if you are a business owner or you would like to uh, just donate, uh, because it is an outreach of Crosspoint Church in Lockport, uh, any donation made towards uh, Pure Fest 2019 will be tax deductible for your uh, taxes next year. Uh, so I uh, hope that you would be uh, interested in helping us in any way, shape, or form. And most importantly, you can help us by spreading the word. Uh, there we got the uniformity on the social media taken care of. We're at PureFest Chicago, and that's on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook, at PureFest Chicago, all one word. Now let's get back to uh, the, the podcast and our conversation with my good friend, Felicity Joy, uh, she is an absolute joy, and she is somebody that's really passionate, and, and uh, her passion comes through in this interview. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy the different perspective. I don't expect everybody to listen to this podcast to agree completely with everything that is said during this podcast, and that's okay. That's how you get to that iron sharpening iron. That's how you get to that fellowship and that growth and that uh, development of opinions, of beliefs, of ideals. Uh, so it's important that if you listen to this and you don't agree, don't get upset. Don't feel uh, you know the buzzword of the day is triggered. Just wonder why you're upset. Consider why you're upset and feel free to give feedback. Uh, Felicity is not afraid of feedback. I'm not afraid of feedback. And anything you may have to say about this show, please email me, Dave at giftsforglory.com. That's Dave at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And I'll be happy to address uh, any issues you may have. Uh, it is a very passionate discussion. Uh, we see eye to eye on pretty much everything, and it's a, it was just a joy to have this conversation. And it's conversations like these that we really need to have within our country, within our society, and especially, most especially, within the church, because I think we hide too often behind labels, behind political correctness, and we don't get to have that full, deep fellowship and that full, deep relational development that we need and that's so sorely lacking so i hope you enjoy the uh, interview with felicity and i hope that uh, it, it it makes you think or um and if it does uh, upset you again just uh reach out and let's have a conversation that's what it's all about we now take you to my interview with felicity joy here on the gifts of glory podcast Podcast, Dave Ebert here, and now I'm joined by my good friend uh, Felicity Joy, uh, Dr. Felicity Joy, uh, star of uh, the Felicity Joy Show, which actually fits pretty well since that's your name. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? They're never going to get anyone else to do it. So that, that's that's kind of job security to have the the show named after you. It is indeed pretty smart, huh? Yeah. Okay, so the funny thing is, I actually lobbied a little bit against it. <laughs> So that's like, and the director was like, your name is Felicity Joy. It's a perfect talk show name. It is. Changing the name of the show. I was like, okay. And that was a, a debate that uh, my wife and I had uh, discussed when we were talking about launching Gifts for Glory Ministries is, you know, the easy thing would be you know, Ebert Ministries or Dave and, and Bobby Ebert. But we felt like doing that almost kind of uh, exalts our name 
when we're trying to exalt the name of Christ, exalt the name mm-hmm. of God. So mm-hmm. that's why we went with something that was uh, very simple and very succinct. Um, but Dave Ebert doesn't quite have the same ring as Felicity Joy. <laughs> um, plus, there's always the questions of, are you related to Roger? And, oh, of course. Of and course. I, I always use that to my advantage. Anytime I have a chance, I'll say, you know, as an Ebert, I give this two thumbs up. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, Dave. <laughs> so we talked a little bit already and, and teased uh, about uh, your, your talk show. And this is actually our second time through the interview. Uh, the beauty of technology, the uh, first time didn't go uh, – get recorded as nicely as I want and you've got some great stuff to say and I want to make sure that we share that and people can hear clearly so we're doing take two which you're you've been an actress you've been on set you know what take two is all about so So, familiar no problem so we met about three years ago uh, in uh, Lockport at the Delwood Block Party Uh, you had a, a really great message but unfortunately People didn't listen to the message. Maybe they prejudged uh, uh, what they saw on stage, and they didn't actually listen. Uh, but I thought you had a really important message that day, and you continue to use that, uh, use your Facebook and other social media as a way to push that platform or push that that idea, uh, the the passion of uh, bringing people together, unity across every uh, label, every boundary. Uh, you've got the America's Reconciliation, bringing hope and healing uh, group That's on right. Facebook. And I've kind of got a new hashtag is uh, every day is King Day. And, you know, that's just very much me. Like every day of my life has been Dr. Martin Luther King Day in some ways because uh, I don't know when I found out about him. Like I don't remember what age, but Mm -hmm. it just captured me. It absolutely 100% captured me. And like, I literally wanted to get a doctorate because it was Dr. Martin Luther King. And then when I found out it was Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, I was like, well, maybe one day I'll get my minister's license and I'm actually working toward that now. Like he is legit my hero. And um, something that, you know, has just happened over the last couple of days is I've realized that people of various different races, various different, um, various different uh, political ideologies are agreeing on one thing. There will never be a, a society without racism. And to me, that means that we lost Dr. King's dream. Right. And so as a life coach, I believe what I bring to the conversation is that what works for your life personally works as a community. So if as a person, it doesn't work for you to be in unforgiveness all the time, then it also doesn't work as a community. If as a person, it doesn't work for you to blame your life on someone else, then it does not work as a community. And if uh, as a person for a lack of vision, people perish, then it, we need a vision as a community. But the community I'm talking about, and when I, if I were to use the term my people, I would say it would, my people would be dreamers, and my people would be those that are interested in a society where we can get along. And one of the things that I understand is that Dr. King's dream was not, because somebody tried to sell me on the fact, well, he did manifest his dream. He's in heaven now. That is not what he said when he was here because um, he was talking about it being in, in society. And he said, 
I may not get there with you uh, in the, in the, I have a dream speech. So he meant here that it would happen and he that it might take some time. And he also really had a strong premonition of his own death. So he did not believe he was going to get, live long enough to see it. But if he, if he meant in heaven, he wouldn't have said, I might not get there with you because, you know, so anyway, I feel like I've heard the call of, of that Dr. King heard. And I feel like carrying on that mantle, to be perfectly honest, like I want to galvanize people to reignite that dream and that vision. Many people, um, I would say more specifically like descendants of slaves have said, where is the leadership? At one point we were saying, where are the kings? Where are the people that are having the voice of the new leadership for our community? And you're not going to have it if you don't have the vision first. Mm-hmm. And if your vision is, as the Black Lives Matter movement wants to say, stay pissed off, that is very divergent vision from Dr. King. And I think that we are reaping the, the, the uh, harvest off of staying pissed off. That is not a workable strategy. Again, if it does not work in your life, if you think that waking up and being pissed off all day is a workable strategy of your life, then why aren't you doing that? I mean, some people do do it and they, a lot of them end up in jail. It's not a workable vision, okay? I mean, that it should not be something that I have to really break down, but I do. So it's not a workable vision. We need another vision. We need a real vision. And actually, without God's vision, you're going to perish. So that's actually what I'm going to work to bring forth on May 19th. Sounds good. And uh, we'll dive into uh, the May 19th a little bit as we uh, get further in. But you bring up so many important things right there. And it's something that I've said for many years is the greatest single tragedy in American history was the assassination of Dr. King. Because number one, it took away his leadership. Number two, it allowed some people to step into that void and kind of you know, maybe this is strong language, but kind of bastardize his message for their own 100%. gain. That was the exact word I was going to use, like exact word. And uh, it's unfortunate because there, had he survived, he could have, you know, he was somebody that, not a perfect person, which there is no perfect person short of Jesus Christ. He was somebody that just stepped into his calling, stepped into his lead. And like you said, he was very much like Moses. He didn't get to walk into the promised land, but he kind of pointed the way. And I really think that if we actually look back at Dr. King, the, the letter from Birmingham jail, the, the real context of the speech of uh, the I Have a Dream speech, which really isn't that long of a speech, but the power that he had in giving it. Uh, it has so much weight even today, and we need more people willing to work across those lines. And you, know, you said, you know, like you said, staying pissed off is not a uh, it's not a uh, a good mindset. It's okay to get mad. It's okay to have righteous anger, but that should spur you into another emotion, into another action. If you stay upset, there's no chance of healing because your heart gets hardened, your blood pressure stays up, so it becomes unhealthy physically as well as spiritually. So it's, it's gotta be a fire and a passion that more people catch being willing to forget 
like we mentioned, you talked on Facebook uh, in your post this morning, um, that there are a lot of people with microphones that make money on keeping us divided. We've got to be the people, you and I, with the microphones to change that tide, to change that narrative. And it's really important, and uh, that's why I applaud you, and I'm really excited to, uh, to help you in any way I can to get your message out. Thank you so much. I mean, that, 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 is, that is exactly it. I, I just think a lot of the principles of God are super common sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dr. King was incredibly intelligent, and you needed to put on your thinking cap to read his stuff, and that's not a bad thing. Right. But the thing is that when you break down God's strategies, they're really simple, though not easy. But I think Mm -hmm. it's just going to take someone that is ready to uh, and unafraid to lay it out in its simplicity so that people can go ahead and grab onto. You do not need a Ph.D. to understand this stuff, you know, to be able to join together as a community and um, cast forth a different vision, you know. And, and it's important because there are people, there are lots of agendas out there. Someone just commented on my post from this morning, you know, his true dream and desire is to rebuild many of the um, uh, brown skin communities that we used to have. And, and you'll notice, I just, I don't like the term black. I don't like the term white. Dave knows this about me. Um, if you've ever seen a person with black skin, please contact me. Um, or, or maybe a doctor. Um, if you've ever seen someone with white skin, do the same. I hate inaccuracy, and I have a love for truth, okay? So I really like brown skin, and if I'm going to talk about a specific people, I will use the term DOS, descendant of slaves. Um, we need Because inaccuracies lead to poor thinking. It's not a side point. When you use the wrong word, you're thinking incorrectly or you can't come up with the right word. That's okay if you don't know it yet. But it's in, once you know it, it's important to speak with accuracy. So anyway, uh, you know, during the time after slavery, many powerful things happened with the descendants of slaves uh, or former slaves. Some of them themselves were slaves. And they, they built amazing, strong communities. There was something called Black Wall Street. And there were um, just many cool things that happened with the descendants of slaves bonding together. They did not want a freaking 40 acres and a mule. They said, leave us now alone. Okay? Like, just leave us alone. We are smart. We got this. They believed in themselves. And listen, there's a lot of power in that. I mean, I think that's beautiful. We need a lot more in in his book, The Black Deception. uh, James Hatchett calls for having a special love for the descendants of slaves, right? I mean, that's a way we can repay is by having a special place in our heart because of what this country did. And because of that special love, I just learned this this morning. Honestly, I I did not know the history of historically black universities. They were founded by uh, Protestant Caucasian men because many, um, many universities at that time would not let them in. And because they had a special love a place in their heart for the descendants and former slaves. They wanted to do something for them. So we joined together across racial lines, across color lines, and that's how we're going to get something done. You know what I mean? Um, that's how we move forward. But um, so look, if you want to go to a historically black college, you want to um, 
or you want to live in a community with mostly descendants of slaves. I mean, if that's your flavor, I mean, I'm not sure if I see anything wrong with that. Is not my flavor. You know what I mean? I'm not really interested in that. Like, I am dating a man who's Caucasian. Like, I love him. I I cannot live in a separatist world. I'm not. I'm just not interested in that stuff. But I am interested in having a special love for the descendants of slaves. I am also interested in helping people that 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 may be affected by PTSD of racism. But yeah. the, the the thing that I am kind of coming to as I'm praying about this more and more, I really feel like God is directing me that the best way to help them is by helping us as a community develop a vision. Because why are you getting PTSD? Your vision is back here. You are looking out the back window. And listen, you have a good reason, right? Like, and if you have PTSD from wars, but l let me tell you. So my dad is from Tennessee. And when I was younger, every summer we went to Tennessee. And um, I have had an opportunity to be in the presence of former slaves. They will not talk about it. They are just like a lot of uh, people that come out of wars, that come out of the army. I mean, their personality is almost the exact same. Will not talk about it. You've got a few that'll tell you some stories, you know what I mean? But as a whole, you know people that are veterans, a lot of them will not talk about those experiences, right? So it is a true thing. It's a real thing, the PTSD. And a lot of people are taking what they're experiencing today and they're linking themselves to what those people went through and they're getting like really bent internally. They're having like serious mental health problems, okay? And I'm interested in helping that, but I'm beginning to believe that it might be by saying, hey, your head is stuck in your rear view. There's this whole big front mirror. But the... The thing is, our front windshield is dirty right now. We don't have a clear vision. So I think like the first step is getting those that would dare to believe that a vision is important and are willing to be a part of creating it. Looking back at Dr. King's dream and revising it and adding our own dreams to it, what God is currently placing on our hearts. And then as we present that, move out and present it to people, there may be healing that comes just from that. Because I'm already in challenging people. Yesterday, I, I posted an article about the fact that I've never experienced racism. It's called, I've never experienced racism, America. Is that all right with you? And I said it that way because I know it's not all right with some people. Like some people would rather I don't say that because there's this narrative that we're always going to have it. anyway. Um, a couple of people I greatly respect said we will always have racism. And as I challenged them on it, and it's, it's because of what they've experienced in the past. It's because of the history. But, you know, and they almost got me. But last night I did a live with a guy named Cortez Max on Facebook. Cortez Mack. He is my age. And he told me he has never experienced overt racism as well. Wow. I, I've never heard it, Dave. I have never heard a man in his 40s, a person of color, a descendant of slave, tell me they have never experienced racism. I've never heard it in my life. And it just like, 
being. And so I realized if it happened to me, of course it could happen. It's not just gender, but I do believe men experience it more than women. But the fact that I heard that, it let me know. Do you understand that there is not a person that age from 30, 40 years ago that would ever say that? That's not, that never would have happened. That is a game. That is progress. That is King's dream coming true. We have to capture that moment and say, thank you, God. And because with gratitude, again, another life principle that will work for us as a community, gratitude is powerful for your happiness and it's powerful for clear thinking. Because become really ungrateful for a certain period of time, and that's called depression. Okay? So when you become grateful, life changes for you, and what you see begins to change. What you, what you focus on grows. So let's say thank you for that, and then begin to get a vision of what we need to do to move forward. Because I absolutely ignore. People think when I say I've never experienced racism, I'm saying the work is done. The work is not done. I'm just saying it started, okay? You're trying to act like it didn't even start. I'm not okay with that when people bled and died. You know what I mean? Right. For there to be progress. And now you want to say there's none? <laughs> My daughter said maybe they should dress up as a slave for, um, for histor- history day. And, man, that slave dress was itchy. I mean, don't they understand things have changed? I'm like, it's on every level that things have changed. And we just, we won't acknowledge it, you know, and we've got a generation coming, coming up. Generation Y, they're looking at us like, what? What are you even talking about? Now, millennials are not saying this because a lot of them have been to college and they've been indoctrinated, okay? So they've got a whole other thing going. But Generation Y, who is beginning to even question the whole college experience, you know what I mean? So we might get a whole lot of them to stay pure in their head. If they're not going to racially diverse schools right now, they're coming home and their YouTubers are not of a different race. And their um, shows they watch, you know what I mean? They have access to multiracial. Their world is multiracial, even if it's not in their schools. So they don't even know what we're, their doctor is a different color. Like the person who just took their order is a different, I mean, they're like, what do y'all, what do you, what? What are you fighting about? What are y'all talking? They don't even know what we're talking about. So I'm just trying to wake up like my generation, trying to maybe recapture some millennials who have gone batty. You know, there's a lot of work to be done. Oh yeah, there, there's still a ton of work to be done. And, uh, and there's an important thing to be said about the fact that I don't think that you or, or your friend that uh, you did the Facebook Live with, um, uh, Mr. Mac, I don't think that it's a uh, an episode where, oh, they're just in denial or they're, they're – it's just the fact that you have the reality check of knowing the difference between getting hit with a brick in the head because you're walking down the wrong side of the street versus maybe somebody just having a bias. So I don't deny the existence of racism, but I, I do – see that there's progress but uh, yeah it's just so important to realize that there has been progress but it also doesn't mean that there's not work to be done it's kind of like we've gotten the first down the end zone is still 30 40 yards away absolutely absolutely that's all i'm trying to say like let's acknowledge the ball has been moved down the court guys you know what i mean and then let's get back in the game now 
Because like, what what is it like? We called a timeout, right? And now we're like, it's a it's been a long timeout. It, it's a long timeout that we've been on. I feel like, and if if you're a player and you sit on the bench too long, what do you do? You start grumbling and complaining. It you're going to why you're a player. You're meant to play. We got to be out there. We got to mix it up. But this is but we've got a number of factions that we're fighting and a big one. And the newest one is, uh, this whole psychology, psychological piece that's happened. Okay. So you've got people that are jacked up with PTSD or thinking about this PTSD thing. You've got people that are feeling sorry for their own community and they're, they're, they're blaming everything about their lives on PTSD and, and the man and every, you know, and systemic racism. And now they're permanently jacked, you know what I mean? And you can't really expect them to be able to come up. I mean, you've got other descendants of slaves saying this about other descendants of slaves. Like, how did you do it? Oh, well, my parents were wealthy. So see, that might be where I come in. Like that, that is not my situation. I didn't have a silver spoon, right? Like my parents were middle-class. So, and then, you know, middle, sometimes lower middle, like whatever. So the point is, I didn't have a silver spoon. So I'm not giving the other descendants of slaves any slack. Okay. They need to come up like I came up. If I can do it, they can do it. I'm, and I want to help. I don't want to just say, you need to do something. I mean, I want to go and help. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not, what I don't want to do is give a whole bunch of reasons why they can't. I am not into that because that's what the devil plagued my mind with is how I couldn't do it. So I had to get over it personally. Right. So I'm not going to allow you to put it on a whole community and say why they can't. That's what the devil did to me. I think that's why I get really worked up. Mm -hmm. I see people doing to them what the devil did to me. No. And that's not going to be a part of our strategy either. So you've got that, but then you've also got now white guilt. This has been sold and it has been purchased. And now I've got so many Caucasian friends carrying around this white guilt. And let me tell you something. Uh, the only way that you don't see this as a problem is you do not have Caucasian friends. That is the bottom line. I had a conversation with my daughter 45 minutes long about how freaking annoying just that is dealing with white guilt. Okay. Like, so many stories of people apologizing to her, like something that the school did. There was some dance at the, at the football game and it was inappropriate or whatever. And so somebody filed a complaint that it up and people came up to her on Monday. Oh, are you okay? What did you hear what happened at the football game? No. And then they showed her on their phone. She's like, Oh, that's inappropriate. Yeah. Isn't it terrible? I mean, what can we do? Like, what do you want to do? What do you want? want to do i just watched this on your phone i like have no idea right now you know what i'm saying and this is like on and on and then once she finally tried to get them calm then of course somebody else is coming up to her you okay oh my god <laughs> really you don't understand how annoying it is it's very very bad she had somebody almost ruin a party for her that kept apologizing because they were they were playing uh music and they put on the clean versions, but you know, sometimes things slip through. And this guy was like going for it, singing, right? And he said the word nigger. 
<laughs> he apologized to her for like a flat hour. And then at school, I, I'm, I'm just so sorry. I can't believe I did it. She's like, oh, my God. This is so annoying. And it's almost like when um, somebody goes, are you sure you're not mad at me? Are you sure you're not mad at me? Or I am now. Stop. Just stop, right? Like, she's like, if I could turn white for the next hour just to make you feel better, I would. Like, I don't know how to help you. I'm always going to be this skin color. You have to be okay. So let me just say, like, the white guilt thing is not work. That is not working. And, and many uh, DOS, many, are, they are trying to push this white guilt. Oh, if white supremacy were more a part of the conversation. What do you mean if it was more? Do you watch the news? Are you serious with me right now? You, you can't turn on the news without hearing about white supremacy. I mean, it barely happens but we're going to talk about it to death on the news. It is a part of the freaking conversation and they are sorry. Everyone is sorry. Like no one you've met owns a slave, but everybody is sorry. Okay. I mean, what? Right. It, it, it's not. So obviously I get worked up because it's super annoying, but the point is, we need another strategy. And that's why I'm extra excited about another strategy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and talking about the white guilt thing, it, you know, there is a call and a need for you know, to be sensitive because you don't know where people are coming from. You don't know what they've personally experienced. But the white guilt thing in many ways is a very patronizing thing. It's a very insulting yes, thing. Yes, it is. Thank oh, you. I'm sorry. You can't handle this. And I'm so sorry that you had to experience it. Are you okay? Do you need a lollipop? <laughs> I mean, I like lollipops, but if you give it to me and you'll shut up, that'll be just great. Like, please, you know, it's so bad. It's so bad. And, and, okay, another problem is because we are supposed to be all sensitive, now people just won't talk. I mean, a lot of people won't talk. I'm not talking about a couple people don't want to talk. I'm talking about people that really have something important to say will be in the presence of others and not want to talk because they don't want to say the wrong thing. Listen, that ain't going to work. Not going to work. It's too many people that don't want to talk now. It, the, okay? It does not work. It didn't work. We tried these. Uh, we tried political correctness. You know what I mean? We're, we're trying the safe spaces. Uh, this is BS. It's not working. Okay. What I learned that, I don't know. Did you get a chance to read my blog from yesterday? I did not. I will definitely read it this week. Sweet. So I, I mentioned three incidents that have happened to me. Um, and I asked people, is that racism? So for instance, when I was a toddler, my mom took me to a, a, one of her friend's houses. And that friend had a toddler and that toddler was hiding behind his mom and would not talk to me and my brother, who is two years younger than me. And I heard him whisper to his mom, why are they blue? Okay. So I think I asked my mom, what the heck is he talking about later? You know what right. I mean? But I don't exactly remember. And I don't remember her answer. Now, 
I have mentioned two more incidents like that. And I ask, is that racism to you? Okay, if not, then like, those are the only experiences I've ever had with people of other races that have been like, where I couldn't even ask you that question. I call those things necessary awkwardness that comes with integration. Uh My daughter mentioned to me another um, incident. She was in, she was in uh, the bathroom with two girls and uh, they were all looking in the mirror and the one girl was saying, Oh my God, my hair is so terrible today. Now she deals with, you know, super frizzy edges and bunchiness. And I mean, so to her is like hilarious when you're talking about a bad hair day like I barely got my hair in this ponytail and then the other girl is like like, oh I feel so bad for you I think my hair looks pretty good today and it never does da 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 and to my daughter their hair looked the exact same and she said like she said it right and so the one girl said feel my hair Michaela and she did and she's like oh she said yeah it's major oily She's like, okay, yes, it is different than the other girl's hair. That this is a necessary awkwardness that comes with integration. You know what I mean? Because she finally like decided to speak up about it. She's heard people say this before, whatever. So, however, now there is a term because our colleges are so awesome. <laughs> These incidents are called microaggression. I mm. just. Ugh. I hate this stuff. And the person who introduced it to me, I said, listen, do not fall for this bullcrap. That is, that is agenda laden to call it a microaggression. That is not innocent. You understand? If you call it aggression, and let me tell you where they're going with it, because there are two college campuses already that are working on and discussing the need for segregation. Because if you call it aggression, you have to fix it, right? Right. And the only way to fix it is by segregating again. Wow. Anybody think that's moving backward? Anybody think there's an agenda in that? This is BS what they're coming up with now, guys. We have to see through it. It's another strategy that is not going to work. It is, there are necessary awkwardnesses that you're going to have for integration. And um, I think we're strong enough for awkwardness. Okay. It, we're going to be okay. I don't need a safe space because you didn't know that my hair was oily. That's not okay, guys. <laughs> and, and it's the natural progression of getting to know people is, you know, when you're in preschool and you go to preschool for the first time and, you know, you're a skinny kid, you see a chubby kid for the first time, there's an awkwardness. Like, why does, why, why does Billy look a little different? Or you right. see, or you see somebody for the first time as a child. You see them in a wheelchair. Why are they riding in a Hello, chair? Hello, that's a huge one. That's a great example. So we've got to just figure out about what it means to be human again. You know, we don't have to have safe spaces and all this stuff for all these different people. <laughs> like we need to make the all the space safe, and and we need to personally be safe. Because actually, that's what's happening. You are personally unsafe on the inside of you. And you are now projecting that and making other things unsafe. If you will become personally safe, you can survive anywhere. That's why my daughter gets annoyed. She is a strong girl. She is strong-minded. She is smart. She is secure. 
So she does not like this coddling. And I am the same way, right? So if you become personally safe, you're going to be fine. Um, and, and, I, and I want to be a part of helping with that. Hey, it's Dave cutting in for just a moment. We'll get back to our interview with Felicity Joy and talk more about uh, current events, about uh, reconciliation, about healing, and about some of the things that the church is sometimes afraid to talk about. But I want to remind you that we have Haha ha Men Improv as part of Gifts of Glory Ministries, and Haha ha Men hosts a free show each month on the third Monday of each month. And it's held at Fountain of Life Church in Lombard. And what we do is we open the doors during one of our rehearsal nights. We put on a show. And we use that time to promote a charity or a cause that's near and dear to our hearts. In the last year and a half, we've raised almost uh, $3,500 to give away to charity. And we want to continue that streak. And we hope that you'll help us out. Coming up on Monday, May the 20th, 2019, we will be having our next Good for the Soul show at Fountain of Life Church in Lombard. And our charity of the month for the month of May are going to be our friends at Salt and Light Coalition. They do amazing work, just amazing work with women who have escaped uh, sex and human trafficking to uh, rebuild their lives. They give them life skills. Uh, they help them uh, find uh, jobs. And uh, it's just a really amazing program. And uh, you think that uh, sex trafficking, human trafficking, that kind of thing goes on in third world countries or, or definitely not here in America. But uh, unfortunately, events like the Super Bowl, um, even uh, the Final Four, any huge sporting event where there's a lot of rich and powerful people, there are people who are being trafficked and so these women have uh, been survivors. They've escaped that life, and they're looking to build a new life. And Salt and Light Coalition really helps them out, and we want to uh, give them a, uh, a nice boost. We want to promote their effort. And more importantly, we'd like to see uh, the public come out and support them. There is no charge for Good for the Soul shows. Uh, come in free of charge. And there's a free will love offering taken very um, low pressure. There's a basket in the back of the room. Uh, that you can drop something in on your way out. We don't want you to feel pressured to give. We we want you to be there and be part of the night, have fun, laugh, because Mondays are always hard. And uh, if you're able to contribute, whether it's before the event or at the event, we'd love you to support Salt and Light Coalition. That's Good for the Soul coming up on Monday, May 20th, Fountain of Life Church in Lombard. Free admission, a lot of great comedy, a lot of fun. And it's all for a great cause, and that cause is Salt and Light Coalition. And uh, we hope that uh, you'll be able to support them, support the show, and have fun. And if you can't make it out on Monday night, but you'd like some comedy brought to you, Ha Ha Men is available to come to your fundraiser, come to your um, church event, your company event. Uh, we do shows as well as training and workshops. So uh, we want to be a part of making your day, making your week, making your event special. Now, speaking of special, let's get back to our friend Felicity Joy talking about uh, racial reconciliation, talking about some of the differences in the labels and the battles that we face within the church and within our society. So let's get back to Felicity Joy's interview, and uh, we'll pick it up where I'm talking about an unusual and uh, challenging or potentially challenging experience um, that created some awkwardness, but necessary awkwardness. And uh, we'll get back to that interview right now.
weirdest incidents I ever had was I was walking in a Dollar Tree, came around a corner, and this kid had probably had never seen a guy my size, and his first reaction at three years old was like, wow, mommy, he's big. And, you know, she was obviously mortified. I laughed it off because it, it's a kid. It's, right. that, it's that awkwardness that he needs to learn, like, okay, number one, is maybe socially inappropriate to say it that loud. Number two, it's important to realize that there's going to be different people. Yeah. And they're people first. They're not who they look like or what they look like. Uh, my beard, my, my belly, whatever, that doesn't deci- define me. It's what God has put inside me that defines me. The, yeah. the whole content of character i think I've heard hello. That before. hello i just love so much of what he said and to me that was one of the worst things we lost you know for me personally i'm sure there's all kinds of people going to be watching this podcast we're not going to go there but just for me when president obama was elected i felt like the whole judge a man by the content of his character and not the color of his skin went out the flipping window and that broke my heart and every is so many people that I would meet assumed that I voted for him. And that really bothered me because, again, you're doing the same thing to me now, judging me by the color of my skin, not the content of my character. So, um, it, you know, God is really into restoration. Mm-hmm. I just saw um, Unplanned yesterday. And a total plan of God to take a planned parenthood and turn it into a right for life headquarters. That is what God does. That is what God is in the business of doing. There is actually a huge ministry right now. I can't remember the name of it, but they, there's a huge ministry of Christians, Christian families that are now adopting to the place where their family is eight, nine, 10, 12 kids. Why? That is God's answer to say, don't have the abortion. Just give them to me. Just give them to me, right? We will take your kids. That is God's answer. We'll take them. Please don't do this. God has an answer. God is into restoration. And he has an answer for all the ridiculousness that's been going on. Um, and when it's time to speak up, it's just time. Yeah. I, and I'm, I feel it. And it's, I'm not unwilling to wait any longer about it. Um, because like you go for a little while thinking, okay, that is such a bold faced lie. Eventually people will get it, but you know, we're kind of not getting it. Uh And I'm not just willing until I'm old and gray and my daughter and they're, they're leading. They probably will, will help to figure it out, but I don't feel like I need to pass the buck of responsibility and just let that happen. So. And Unplanned for me, it's such an important movie because, number one, I think it's really well done. Number two, uh, from a Christian perspective, Abby Johnson is quite literally uh, a modern-day Paul. Uh, She was Saul as somebody that was uh, persecuting, thinking that they were doing the right thing. And then she had that Damascus Road moment where she saw the ultrasound and realized, oh, wow. Uh, there is a Jesus that does not want this to happen. So now God is redeeming. Yeah, she over she may have been overseeing twenty two thousand abortions, but how many lives is she saving and changing now? That's going to have that ripple effect. So it's it's such a vital movie. And Planned Parenthood, for me, is is disgusting because of its foundation. It was founded on the idea of controlling the population of brown people. Uh, Margaret Sanger designed it to. 
control the growth of the population of undesirables. And it's like, why don't people get this? That's why Planned Parenthood is in all the poor, traditionally black or Hispanic neighborhoods. It's because that was the foundation. That was the game plan. And that's that scene about the burgers and fries, man. That was oh. rough, man. That was rough. I was like, dang. I mean, they cast a woman that knew how to play the devil, man. That woman was powerful. That was some powerful acting of the um, head of the Planned Parenthood. Um, you know, I just want to say, uh, if we can transition for a little bit. Sure. Uh, that movie is such a great example of the work like a societal movement forward so what i'm saying is starting with the passion of the christ we were told look you want to see christian movies on the big screen you better go opening weekend you better support this stuff man you better forget about waiting on video and being cheap you need to reach into your pockets and go Right. And so we understood that we had to do this as a Christian community. And so um, I also have a movement um, to to help create creative Christian videos on YouTube. A lot of us scroll through and watch a ton of videos on YouTube. Just they're short, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever we're watching. There is a. Um, we mentioned my talk show before. Mm -hmm. It was, it is um, produced by uh, Road to Eternity. It's a just a family production company, um, and they came out of their pocket last summer and produced four awesome shows. There are two talk shows and there are two reality shows, um, and I, I really think they're all excellent. My children have their favorites, and you know. It's pretty darn exciting to have uh, teenagers want to watch a Christian show on YouTube. I mean, look, that's exciting, and they're following it. So, um, a same type of thing. If you want to see more creative Christian content on YouTube, I mean, if you want to watch something a Christian on YouTube, you've got music videos, you've got sermons, you've got testimonies. I mean, that is it. And think about all the different types of shows that could be made, right? My producers have ideas for sitcoms. They have ideas for different dramas. And they, they um, started by making short films. So they've got some short films that they're going to want to make as well. If you'd like to see something like that, I really urge you to join my community of support. Um, I do offer coaching if people have their own dream. Uh, being a talk show host was my dream. Um, and if you need support on your dream, I offer that as well. Um, if you become a supporter on my Patreon page. So I just really want to encourage people to visit that and, and take a look at that. I, I believe that the Christian community is going to galvanize once again and decide that we want to see some cooler, interesting things on YouTube. Absolutely, and uh, we'll have that link to your Patreon page and also to the uh, YouTube page uh, below uh, this uh, this podcast so that people can find you. And um, now let's talk about the talk show, the Felicity Joy Show. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Tell us uh, the vision, how it came to be, and uh, what you're uh, hoping to see is going to come from it. Um, I think 
this story is pretty amazing, right? So I was 19 years old. Um, I was an actor. I auditioned for a talk show. And um, the audition actually was so cool uh, and, and just very anointed. I got a call back, and it happened again. And they were the producers were so impressed by the audition that they actually called me to tell me I didn't get the role. This never happens in acting. You don't get a role. You watch the show. You're not in it. That's how you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they don't call you. But they called me, and the producer said all of the producers agreed that we should call you because we want you to know that we really believe you should be a talk show host one day. And that was a powerful thing to tell a 19-year-old girl. They did not cast me because I looked so young. So, um, and I mean, I, you know, I didn't think they were being unfair. I did look young. Um, So uh, I I have kept that dream on my heart, you know, all this time, not really knowing how it would come to pass and just doing what my hand found to do and all that time. But I did um, my first film in 2018, and um, it was for this production company. And they are the only Christian producers I'd ever met that I did not tell my dream to. Now, I don't know a ton of Christian producers, but I do know a few. And I would always mention it just in case they thought it was a great idea. But um, anyway, they... Uh, I never told them they got this opportunity with Roku to have their own network. The opportunity with Roku is still there, but it's not, um, it's not something that we're really pursuing because we we're not getting a designated time slot. Mm. So they decided they had done all this work. They decided to just continue on. Hold on one second. Hey baby, come here, sweethearts. Come with mommy. people are doing the grass um so they um decided to just kind of take matters into their own hands and go on youtube themselves and um and and be able to do the shows that way but when they wrote down genres of types of shows that they would be interested in doing one of them was talk show and um they said, but we don't know anybody who wants to do a talk show. And they're big praying people. So they prayed and God said, call Felicity. So I mean, it's just such an awesome story to me of perseverance. You know what I mean? And just not, not knowing how it would come to pass, but God had a plan. And, you know, you know, when I got the dream in my heart at 19, the director of the show had not been born. So I really did have to wait. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've learned so many lessons there. Um, so, um, the show is about making your dreams come true. So I interview people that are making their dreams come true. And as a life coach, I am also able to talk to people that have not yet made their dreams come true or might be struggling to do so and do kind of a coaching session, a little Dr. Phil style of intervention. Uh, with people like that. So we have some episodes uh, like that coming up as well. Awesome. And uh, is this, so this is strictly on YouTube at uh, Road to Eternity. Is that the, uh, the right That's name? That's the name of this, the, uh, what you subscribe to. Yeah. Their channel. Their channel. Okay. Road to Eternity channel. So you've got your hand in that. Uh, you're also, uh, as you mentioned, a life coach. 
Uh, and you've got two big events. Uh, when this, uh, this podcast goes live on the 24th, um, you've got an event, uh, what will be tonight as people are listening. Uh, tell us what's going on, on the 24th and then uh, what's going on in May. Okay. So on the 24th in Kankakee, we are doing something called the Dream Summit. Um, very excited. We've got some great speakers coming in from um, from the Kankakee area as well as like from the south suburbs, um, a little more from where I'm from and my network. But we brought in people from Kankakee too because we really want to inspire the people. My third episode was with a guy named Andre Terrell. Uh, and, I'm sorry, Andre Reves, and he's a fashion designer. His community rallied support. And so the, our promo video for that show on Facebook is at over 3,000 views. And it's all because of them. Like, they just literally jumped on that thing, shared that thing so fast, so quickly that it just kind of took off. And we want to say thank you to the Kankakee community that we understand is really, um, you know, a lot of the community is kind of depressed. They need some hope, you know. And so we want their dreams to come true as well. We're bringing in these people for a panel discussion. I'm going to talk about some of the common things that um, keep people from fulfilling their dream. I mean, and a lot of people will tell you, I don't really know what my dream is. That's a huge one. We're going to talk about that that night. We also have somebody coming in that's so powerful to talk about what if you feel disqualified for your dream? What if you think you've made too many mistakes or you're just not, not good enough or something like that? So we're going to speak to it from very many sides. Um, and then we are going to have a live taping of the Felicity Joy Show. It'll be my season finale, and um, I'll be interviewing some incredible people from Kankakee that are helping others make their dreams come true. So that is tonight. If you are able to make it out to Kankakee, you will be so blessed um, to see it. The tickets are $15. Um, I will say we do have a scholarship like form and I know it's tonight, but listen, if you really only have the gas money to get there and back, come, just come and tell them Felicity said so that you could get a scholarship if you really need one. Okay. We do have to pay for the room. So don't, <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you need it, just come on ahead because we'd love to have you. Awesome. And then uh, May 19th was the uh, other date. Woohoo! So May 19th is a Sunday evening. Once a month, I've been doing something here in Shorewood where uh, we've lived since October. This is Donnie that's been messing up the podcast. Um, <laughs> and um, I've been having community dinners to combat just loneliness and disconnectedness in the community. Um, I just invite the few neighbors that I know and I ask them to invite people and it gives me a reason to be able to knock on doors that won't get me kicked out of this little community, <laughs> um, but to invite people over. So I'm going to be doing that on May 19th at 6 p.m. And I'm, in, I'm opening my home if people want to come. And if it gets, for some reason, too many people, there's a community center I can rent. So it's, it's no big deal. So if you want to come for dinner at 6 and just create some cool community with me, you can. And then at 8 p.m., I'm going on Facebook Live with everyone that's there at the dinner that wants to stay and anyone that wants to be a part of creating a community vision. Um, so this is going back to what we were talking about earlier for lack of vision, people perish. We need a new dream. 
We need a new vision as a community. That's what Dr. King united us on. And that's why we weren't perishing at the time. Like we were beginning to thrive and grow in our goals and visions because, I mean, in our goals, because we had a vision. We had a common dream when he cast that in front of us. So I want us as a community to come together and decide what is the new dream. There are parts of that dream that came true and there are other parts that have not come true. So we're going to celebrate and be grateful for what has already happened, but then we're going to talk about what still needs to happen. I really want people to put on their thinking caps about what they think our communities need. We have a lot of things that we think we need. And again, as a life coach, like I deal with people with big dreams sometimes that have no idea how to manifest it. Sometimes, like with my dream of being a talk show host, there's nothing you can do but wait. Now, I still needed income until then, right? So, I mean, I couldn't just sit around and wait. It's like, okay, that's a dream for whenever it's coming, but what's a dream I can work on now? What, what can I do now? So I think as a community, we're also getting stuck because we see a lot of problems. You've got to just go ahead and write it all down you know, divvy it up, prioritize. And like I said, an important piece of the puzzle is without God's vision, people perish. So we're going to ask God, what is your vision for us right now? What's something we can work on right now? We can brainstorm and write down all the problems, but then we're going to come together as a collective and say, God, what is your vision for us right now? So we're going to do that. Um, on that night, so May 19th, either 6 p.m. or 8 p.m., if you go to Facebook and register for the Community Vision Boarding event on the Felicity Joy Speaks page on Facebook, then I will find out from you which part of that that you're wanting to attend, and I'll give you, uh, then you will, you know, I can either give you the address of where it's going to be, or by saying that you're interested, because I'm going to do the Facebook Live in the event. It's not a time. Like, I'm advertising the event publicly, but the live is not going to be public, because this is not a time for trolls. This is not a time for people, haters. You know what I mean? This is going to be, we do have to face the haters, and that's a reality. But this is a time for us to come together in love. Sounds great. And we will have all those links posted in the notes of the show so that uh, everyone can uh, uh, find uh, both events, the one on the 24th of April and the, um, the community event on the 19th of May. And also links to find you on YouTube to experience the Felicity Joy Show. The whole vision of Gifts for Glory is celebrating and promoting Christians that are using their talents and passions to honor God. And there's nothing more honoring than bringing people together because that's what Christ came to do. Uh, he came to bring people together under him. The, the problem is that so many people choose to be separate outside of him. And I think that if more people came together, saw that we're not that different and uh, we're united in purpose uh, to improve the community, to improve relationships, to create job opportunities or just create love within a community despite differences, 
that that is there's nothing uh, more godly than that amen thank you so yeah this has been awesome thanks for letting me talk about this and so now you've got some speed fire questions for me are we going to move to that yep you know from take one of, of the uh, first interview is that uh, we end each interview with uh, seven rapid fire questions it's called the interrogation uh, there's no wrong answer just want to uh, see uh, what comes off your you know off the top of your mind so uh, the interrogation was seven quick questions uh, first one what is your favorite food okay my favorite food I'm gonna say today it's sweet potato what is your least favorite food hmm okra who was your biggest influence in finding your faith you know what's coming to mind is um, so when I was a teenager another time we went to Tennessee to visit my dad's family and there was a little old lady in the Piggly Wiggly with a big bun on her head and a huge freaking Bible and she pointed her little hand at me and she said she pointed her little old lady finger at me and she said you're going to hell little girl and um i i never forgot that um and god showed me that even though i don't have a great opinion of people standing in parking lots and yelling at people like that he said she was a part of your salvation experience because you never forgot her and it stayed in there you know some of us have different callings Mm -hmm. and the prophetic gifting in the body of Christ can be very in your face. And a lot of people don't like that, but God gave those people that gift. And God told me that she was a part of me being born again. So, cause sometimes you have to really seed people and actually, um, actually uh, statistically, they say that it takes like six seeds for somebody to come to Christ. And God told me she was one of your seeds. You need to be grateful for her. So I know as Christians, we want to be cool and we don't like people not to like us and da, da, da. But that is not everybody's call. And we need to appreciate that. And hell is a reality. People don't want to talk about it. And that little old lady did not mind doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So that's impressive. Uh, Question number four. Uh, What is your biggest fear? My, I'm going to stick with what I said before. My biggest fear is fear. One of the, some of the worst times in my life have been where I was really afraid. Um, I was afraid for my future. I was afraid I wasn't going anywhere. I was afraid I was disqualified. I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to take care of my family when I moved here. And when that, when I get there, I mean, so I'm afraid of the thing I'm actually afraid of. And then I'm kind of afraid because I'm afraid. I mean, it's very bad space for me. It is like the greatest thing that I think it stops people. It robs people. And I, and I work pretty hard to get out of fear. <laughs> All right. For the Felicity Joy Show, if budget, time, period of time is no object, who do you want to interview? Mm. So there's a segment that I want to do on my show. I don't think I have a name for it, but the premise of the show is to give famous people an opportunity to ask questions about God. I, I have it on my, somehow I'm going to get them to do it. I don't know how, but whatever. 
I would love to do that for the great talk show host. I would love to do that for Oprah. I would love to do that for Ellen. I think I'd have a great discussion with Steve Harvey. So, but I guess tops would be Oprah because she's the one who inspired me. She's the one that I kind of wanted to pattern myself after. Next question is going to be, what's your biggest regret? My biggest regret is um, self-doubt, is low self-esteem. Huge. I spent a lot of time there. And um, wow. I mean, I, I don't think I, there's ever been a more colossal waste of time. And final question as we wrap up, um, where do you see yourself in five years? So, yeah, in five years, I see um, – I see us doing take three in a really like <laughs> posh studio, like really swanky and cool. And there's a green room where we can laugh and joke in the back. And then we swagger on out in our awesome outfits. And we're doing this whole thing again. And we're talking about the vision boarding party, May 19th, 2019, and all the progress we've made. Sounds good. So I see the wait list on the Felicity Joy show is about five years. So uh, I'll wait in line for that. <laughs> no, you're going to be on the show, Dave. There's not a wait list to get on. There's just a wait list to get in to watch it. Gotcha. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, Felicity Joy, as we wrap up, uh, any final words before uh, we uh, end the Gifts of Glory podcast? Believe in yourself. It's so simple. Everybody says it. It's the biggest cliche. Let me say this. If you, as I say to you, believe in yourself. If you say, I don't know how, find out how. Contact somebody and find out how. I believe God has put somebody around you and it might be me. But reach out to somebody and find out how. I don't mean to say simple things in such a way to insult. because. But you have to identify that you are not currently believing in yourself. So if you were in denial about that and you know I'm talking to you, like come out of denial and say, hey, I don't believe in myself right now. The first way to get anywhere on a map is to identify where you are. And, and that's kind of just funny. Just let me say, like, I'm not really good at reading maps. So like it all looks like spaghetti to me. So I like really like, Finding out where I am on a map is not a simple thing. On the mall maps, it's pretty easy, although I'm a little challenged with that. I have some spatial sort of issues. So people always take that for granted, but finding where you are on a map is not always easy. And it's a huge first step. So as I say to you, believe in yourself or believe in yourself more. Take that to heart. Take some assessments. See where you are on that. And um, make sure your life has evidence that you believe in yourself and keep going in that direction. Find out how to get better at it or how to get out of where you're at or whatever the case needs to be. You know, when people say simple things like that, break it down a little bit. Make sure that you're on target for where and what you want to be because it really all starts there. You know why? Because God has always believed in you. God has always loved you. But if you don't love yourself and you don't believe in yourself, it don't matter what God thinks. And that's the real deal. Wow, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's a, a mic drop moment, pass the plate, sermon over. <laughs> so, Melissa. Sweet potatoes. 
Thank you so much for uh, coming back and uh, doing this all over again. I actually think we got it better on, on I take two. I think way better. It was good. So I thank you. Uh, all the links below. Support Felicity on uh, her Patreon. Uh, visit uh, her on YouTube. And also follow her on Facebook. And, uh, and if you're available, come on out uh, tonight on April 24th. Or if you're listening to this after uh, afterwards, uh, check out the event for May 19th. Uh, Felicity, thank you so much. And thank you for being a patron, Dave. I love you. Mwah. Mwah. Such amazing stuff right there from Dr. Felicity Joy. Uh, just a pleasure to speak with her. Spend some time with her here on the Gifts of Glory podcast. We'll be back next week. We'll have another interview. We'll get that scheduled and uploaded uh, for you for next Wednesday morning. Uh, be sure to follow us, Gifts for Glory, on Facebook, G-I-F-T-S-F-O-R-G-L-O-R-Y. And if you're on uh, Twitter or Instagram, that's Gifts, the number four, Glory. G-I-F-T-S, the number four, G-L-O-R-Y. I want to thank you so much to Felicity Joy. Her links are in the uh, information below. And uh, we will talk to you next week here on the Gifts of Glory podcast, where we're celebrating and promoting Christians using their gifts to honor and glorify God. Hashtag OGHG, our gifts for his glory. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash auto refi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.